Goodness, Trigger. Michelle Visage. You know, first of all, you know, the, our system of electricity, the cities are so fragile. You know, the electricity went out here at, in LA at the, the where we are uh, this morning. And, um, yeah, and, I know. And it knocked, it knocked the traffic light I out know. right there. So the traffic is still out. How, why is everything on the same grid and how fragile are our cities when one something it rains or a car hits a power i don't even know what happened and it throws one of the major intersections of los angeles out of oh whack. let me tell you something when i lived in florida uh it happened a lot in every florida freaking day oh, because thunderstorms they call it power surges it happens yeah. every day you're sitting there all of a sudden lights go out five minutes yeah. but in the whole air, like the whole of west palm beach would be in the dark it's really crazy that in 20, whatever, 17, 18, 19, pick a year. Yeah. They can't figure that They can out. allegedly put a man on the moon. Allegedly. But they can't. You know, we, we live in this this world where we think every there's security with everything. But, you know, these kids on the, these youngsters on these their whippersnappers on their cell phones. phones. One's on a fragile system where the internet can go out or the electricity they have no idea what's what's gonna what would hit them. You know, uh, we, we were talking about when we went to London and uh, saw all these shows. It's interesting. There was a woman sitting next to us who was on her phone mm-hmm. when we saw All About Eve. Yes, and I couldn't believe that the woman was literally in the theater in a play, looking at her phone. Yeah, it's just so. First of all, not in the moment and all that stuff. That's great. Yeah. But it's live theater. It's one of the last things that we go to that's like live and in the moment versus like a movie that's filmed. You know what I mean? And the fact that she made it all about herself Mm -hmm. in that moment, bright as fuck, Mm -hmm. that I looked at her and I was like, you know, I just gave, I didn't say anything, but she saw me look at her. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What would happen if we started saying things? Oh, no, I would say something. When I was in Jamie, yeah. I, I would say something anytime I hadn't had the chance, but I would have if, yeah. if in my scene a phone went off or something like that. I would have broken the fourth wall yeah. and I would have said something. But John, who played Jamie, absolutely did. Like every time he could, he'd look at them and he'd go, I'll wait. And uh-huh. it was amazing because it is live theater and we can't act like these things don't happen. So in real life, you can't act like these things don't happen. Yeah, but the thing is that, that, that it's like trying to put air back into a balloon. It it will never go back to the place where people were considerate of others. It just never will. No. So I think the next step, the next level, is to figure out how you can uh, take advantage of that. I mean, what could you, how can you make that into a plus for you? I mean, people being inconsiderate. I mean, what would happen if, God forbid, you know, people start talking to each other well talking to each other but like what you know you know we were in london people walking down the street crowded streets because it's a walking town looking at their phones what would happen if someone just sort of people started pushing them well here's here's the thing yeah in london and this was uh happening regularly happened to anna uh she was in and she's a walker and i yell at her all the time Mm because i don't walk in town i don't i'll walk and talk yeah I won't walk in text. Um, only because I can't. Yeah, I can't. I my brain, to, I need to focus. Correct. So yeah. what I'll do is I, 
like I'm driving, I pull over. Yeah, me too. And I'll hug a building and do it that way. That's what I would do. So there are people that do it all the time. Um, She, so they had this rash of thievery in, especially like Oxford Street area, which is the shopping mecca in London proper, Mm -hmm. um, where they, motorbikes, Deliveroo, Uber Eats, people, whatever. You're so used to seeing- Kangaroo. Isn't it called Kangaroo? Deliveroo. Oh, it's Deliveroo. Yeah, whatever it is, um, people take motorbikes, messengers- um, they're not just bicycles. They do motorbikes. Are huge over there, mm. and what they do is they ride up on the pavement on the sidewalk, and they push you down to the ground, take your phone, and run. And it happened to her. She was literally fighting for her life, holding on to it. She's like, "No!" And they're people were just watching. What could they do with her phone, though? Well, they sell them, even without the code. Yeah, they just sell the phones because they can be broken. They can be uh, unlocked, um, yeah. jailbroken. Um, so it happened to her, and everybody's around. Nobody helped her. Yeah. People are just watching her being pushed to the ground, which is amazing to me. So you were talking about what if we pushed you? It's happening left and right with these yeah. bike robbers that just go and push people all the time. And I told you when I was in Copenhagen with Kim Chi, yeah. a bike person came and tried to snatch her phone because they get easy money for them. Mm-hmm. And so they'll just take a bunch of them from people. The point is, if we didn't have our phones out, and we were paying attention, mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Because they wouldn't see a phone on Honestly, I'm surprised more of that doesn't happen. I think it does. We just don't hear it. Mm-hmm. It's all over the news in the UK. Well, not just, not just the fact that people are stealing your phones, but that other things happen to you when you don't pay attention. Because we've all been warned from my generation that you have to pay attention to where you're going. Of course. You get hit by a car. You get yeah. pe- mugged. You get you whatever. Trip, you, trip on your, you trip on a rock. You, trip, you, know, you bump into someone. And what people are doing is they're waiting for someone else to say something, like the woman in the theater. What if I would have leaned over and said, turn that shit off, you stupid bitch. Right. And then a fight starts, and because that's the thing is, I don't want to have, an, I don't want to engage with her. Right. But everyone's thinking the same well, thing. Well, I did engage, only not with my mouth. I turned around and I gave her the look of fucking. Well, death. clearly that isn't enough for well, someone like her. But but yeah. the thought that you you're right because the audacity. Yeah. In the middle of a scene to do that. Yeah. I look as a parent. I'm, I was stuck in the middle of the thing with you, the middle of the aisle. Yeah. And I can imagine, in my head I was going, because I wasn't paying attention to the play for obvious reasons, but I was looking, I was thinking, if I were a parent, and that were my child, I guess I'd have to stand up and leave, you know, rather than sit there and doing this. But I know that it wasn't that, because she was like, glibly. Oh. Just scrolling through. Scrolling. That's why I looked at her, and I, I gave her the death glare, and she put it away. But in my head, I'm going, what could make somebody have to check their phone yeah. in the middle of, a, of an intense play? Yeah, yeah. That you'd need to look at your phone. It was the rudest thing I've ever seen. Well, I've seen a lot of rude, rudeness. I, I just don't okay, think it's dramatic. ever... It wasn't the rudest thing I've well, ever seen. Well, no, it's, I, 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 it's just never going to change. It's the, that's the problem. So you were saying, how do we turn it into... How do you turn it into um, your advantage? Right. How The fact that people aren't paying attention. Right. How do you... Well, clearly, these people with steal phones, they've that turned it into their it, advantage. Yeah. I guess also, um, you being present when they aren't, the yeah. reward of... Missing something that they would miss, seeing something they would miss, or a little kernel of something. Yeah. I'm, well, there's that. There's that. But, uh, uh, you know, listen, we, we talked about recently about drug addiction and how people, and I know from firsthand experience, it's this idea of this is bullshit, wake me when it's over. Right. And so you want to get high or you want to buy something or you want to shop or have sex or 
do whatever. Whatever to, the addiction is. Whatever the addiction is to not be in this moment right here. So, uh, you know, but there are, there are advantages of being in this moment and learning how to be in this moment. That's what life is all about. So <clears throat> there's that advantage. There's that uh, reward for being in the moment. Right. But how do you sell that to someone who doesn't want to be present with themselves? There's, you, you know, most people don't want to be present with themselves. Right. Well, because if we're present with ourselves, we go back to the therapy thing. If we're present with ourselves, then we have to face reality. Face reality. And reality is we might not like ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or something about ourselves. Yeah. And instead of working on Or nothing about ourselves. Or nothing about ourselves, which is even scarier. Yeah. Which which would mean that, oh, I have to start working on this. But the truth is, you're going to have to work on it one way or the other. I know when I was doing drugs and stuff, I was thinking, well, wake me when this shit is over. Was that what it was about for you? It was about, I didn't know how to process the feelings. I didn't know what to do with things I was feeling. So in the meantime, I'll just do the deferment plan. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sweep it under the rug until I can deal with it. Meanwhile, you keep doing that, you've got a fucking pile under the rug. And we can see it. And everybody's looking. Yeah. So uh, eventually you have to pay the piper, you know. Well, it's true. Eventually, you're going to have to be responsible for the shit that you just swept under the rug. And it's like, as a parent, as a friend, whatever, and you, you, you can't do that thing that parents try to do, the thing that Felicity Hussman and um, mm -hmm. Lori Laughlin did. You, you can't do that because it does catch up to you. Whether you're, I'm not talking just about money with the college scandal. I'm talking about life. Yeah. Because if somebody does it for you, like the whole bread of shame thing in Kabbalah, Something's not truly yours unless you earned it and worked for it yourself. Yeah, but that's not a new thing. The no, the not at all. The Felicity husband thing is not a new thing. And there have been, look at the, the Trump kids, you know, they are, they are, have benefit from uh, nepotism. I'm sure they've done their fair share of work, but at the same are time, you sure? well, I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, people for years have passed on their thing to their children and the result it was yeah maybe they haven't done it as well as their parents but um the system is built for that for that to happen you know it's even like the whole um uh republican thing which isn't which on the surface is about it's about morality and not paying taxes but underneath it's about preserving wealth for the wealthy is what it yeah because at the end of the day republican or democratic we all want to pay lower taxes yeah just we just democratic you know don't make everything about money they make every in my opinion and i could be wrong mm. but the way i see it is republicans care about money democrats care about humanity i feel like that's the easiest way to sum it up or or super, at least superficially so yes and of course you can't generalize every person's different i know lots of great Republican people that aren't Trump supporters, mm -hmm. but they identify as Republicans. So, you know, we're generalizing here, but I'm, I'm trying to exaggerate to clarify. I think that, yes, at the end of the day, that side is all about money, paying lower taxes, et cetera, et cetera. But in what world do Democrats want to pay more in taxes? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But, you know, I, I, what, I, what I wanted, to, I think the point I was trying to make is that there is, there is knowledge in this world, there is a way to maneuver in this world. There's a way to sidestep certain pitfalls, you know, and, and that 
rich people have passed this knowledge on to their children. They have or they have not? They have. Uh-huh. This way to sidestep certain pitfalls like? and superstitions okay. that people without money fall for every time. Because we don't have those teachers and we haven't lived or walked. Like, you know, I often say to myself, my husband, my kids, my friends, whoever, I wish my parents had the wherewithal to teach, A, teach me about money. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach me anything about money because no, they, they, their know. house was in foreclosure when I, you know. Yeah, they didn't know. And I ended up buying them a house because mm-hmm. they lost theirs. Um, due to whatever circumstances, it wasn't their fault, but it happened. Well, it was their responsibility. Responsibility, yes. Fault, no. But, um, or like when I look at people that have houses that run in the, like in the family, you pass it mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Um, friends of ours have a three bedroom, beautiful pre-war building on Riverside Drive that was left by the great-grandparents. Or you look in London and go, why didn't my parents mm-hmm. have the wherewithal to put money in real estate mm-hmm. and to make sure it was taken care of? You don't Back then, you didn't need a lot of money. But right. my parents built my house that I grew up in um, with all their funds, and it was $23,000. Mm-hmm. That was all their funds you know, that they pooled and got that house, mm-hmm. which they ended up losing due to foreclosure, due to circumstances that were beyond their control, more or less. Um, but my parents did not teach me about money, and they weren't, they were not wealthy. Right. Well, but that's the point. And I think is that's that your point. Is. There, is, there is a way to maneuver in this world, and there are pitfalls and superstitions and, and attitudes toward abundance that, uh, y- that y- you can sidestep and, and, or you can benefit from. And I think the rich people, um, I'm talking old money, know how to pass that on to their kids right but i feel like everybody should get that passed on well but not you know i i mean you know i have this feeling that the reason republicans or rich people are for are for anti-abortion is because they know that when people poor people have more babies it keeps them in us in that certain economic bracket i think that i think there are two things i think that there are two things i think that Republicans are anti-abortion because it keeps poor people poor, and because, and I think for but, men, but we and also I think, pay for taxes for that. I know, I, mean, I know, I don't want to argue it, but that's okay. I have this theory. Okay, and then the other part is that I think men are jealous that women can give birth, can procreate. I think that's the subtext. I think the first part is that uh, it keeps poor people poor, which it does yes. to a certain extent. It does, especially. And again, yes, again, we pay taxes for that too. But yes. what do you mean pay, pay taxes so for? So for it? benefits, for welfare and stuff. Well, but they, they're trying, they try to cut pay. that off. That Part of the Republican creed is to, to stop uh, yeah, payouts. Yeah, welfare reform. It'll never yeah. happen though, I don't think. Well, but you know, but, but you see what my overall uh, thesis is, is that there is a, a consciousness behind uh, anti-abortion and it has to do with not what they're saying that it's a moral it, it's oh, not no, a moral no, no, no. thing it's yeah. really an economical uh, uh, honey I think without a doubt all of this hate hiding behind religion is more of what you're talking about yeah well that's and that's what I'm saying is that there is there's the the facade of what they stand for but the real story has to do with passing on a certain philosophy that allows them to maintain their status in the world. I'm talking about people with wealth, and that most people with wealth are Republicans. 
you know, and that is the subtext. That's sort of like the secret that they're all keeping is that um, they want to keep this ideology going because it keeps them in wealth. It's not about spreading the wealth. It's not about oh God, no. It's, it's not, not about, about you know helping mankind no, move along. Never. It's about helping yourself themselves. Yeah. And 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 it's sort of the unspoken uh, uh, unspoken vow that the super rich have so taken. You're talking billions and I'm talking the super rich people. Yeah, because at the end of the day, this tax reform bill that he passed is only helping the super wealthy, not even the wealthy, the super wealthy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. all these sheeple that have thought, and my, my in-laws included, mm. that are thinking, well, we want tax reform. We want you know to pay less in taxes. Yeah, mother, we all want to pay less in taxes. But guess what? You, the average person, you know, in a, in a median household income of $40,000 a year, mm. you're not going to pay less in taxes. That's mm. not going to change for you. So that's the frustrating part of all of it. And it's, it's interesting to me because you hear these people chirping you know that follow 45 and it's like you're not you're not getting any of the yeah. things you were promised well you know um that what that that i think is really what the point i was trying to make is that um there is there is an unspoken truth about how this world works it's like the game of chess there's it's like they know Certain people know how it all works. Right, because one move begets another move yeah. begets another move. And there's a way to maintain your status if you you say this one thing, which actually means this other thing. Yeah. You know? And we're not, I know I'm not, and there's a lot of us that aren't in on that lingo. And we don't well, know. Well, we weren't, yeah. Our we're not parents, meant to be either. We're not meant yeah. to be. We're not meant to be, to Did know you? That. Well, we'll talk about something when we come back. But when we come back, I want to talk about your attitude, how your attitude changed because you were raised with nothing. Mm -hmm. I was raised with a little bit more than nothing, but nothing. Mm -hmm. And how it's affected you now. Yeah, yeah. How I sidestep it. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Casper is an online mattress retailer, premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Now, the Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Hi. Yes. They also have breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. They even arrive right at your doorstep in a transportable box. How about that, Michelle? It's a trans box. That's a transportable yes. box. And Casper isn't just a mattress company, Rue. They also offer sheets, pillows, bed frames, even dog beds. So everyone in the family sleeps comfier than ever before. Woof, woof. Yes. Give me a Casper. <laughs> that was my dog voice. Yes, it was. Also, besides the original Casper, they offer two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, guys. This is the top of the line. Then the Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. Now, we both have Casper Waves, and we love it. Love it. Love, love, love. And don't forget, I had the original one, too, and I love that one as well. You can't go wrong. So if for some reason you're still not sure about getting a Casper, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper. Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep.
sleep on a trial. And did we mention? No, I didn't. So I'm gonna say it now. <laughs> free shipping and returns throughout the U.S. and Canada. Get one hundred dollars towards select mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com/slash/rue and using the offer code Rue at checkout. That's Casper.com/slash/ru. Terms and conditions apply. We are back, and our producer is telling us that one of the points they make in the book Freakonomics is how when a society legalizes abortion, uh, poorer people get richer. And they, the rich people, don't want that. Is no. what you were saying? Yeah, there is a yeah. there is a sort of a secret secret society uh, secret lingo that is code for maintain the wealth. Now you were asking me about how I was able to change my uh, uh, my. Uh, you go, were, uh, uh, I, he wants to. I, I fucked it up. It wasn't about wealth. It was about crime. Is that okay. crime? Crime went crime down. I believe that people would also get uh, more abundance if they legalized abortion uh but you you were saying that that what happens is that crime goes down when yeah yeah that that makes sense too but my my relationship to abundance um was changed from my parents because i never bought into the matrix i was always able to see through the facade so even when you had nothing uh no i had to learn that but as i went along and i didn't start making any money until i was uh, until after i was 30 but i was i'd lived long enough to understand what the um the basics of of abundance meant and that meant it's not about splurging or trying to make other people see you as well off yeah that that that's number one. You, you take push that to the side. Then you're left with okay. What are you going to buy? Well, I'm going to start with real estate. That that was. It's not rocket science. It's, no, but that's smart. That was actually really smart. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning. I wish my parents had the not necessarily the money. Well, no, that your parents but even the knowledge. But you knew that. I, yeah, and I did do it in the beginning. And then I, my problem for me, and it's not too late now. There's always now. Mm-hmm. Um, was like the first place that I bought. If I didn't sell it, I wouldn't have been able to buy the second place. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hold on to it and buy the second place. So for me, I had to almost buy and flip each place in order to get to the next place. And then 2007 happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then every penny that I had earned that I put into that Florida house, mm. buy, mm-hmm. gone. Well, if you think of it as just rent, then it's a very expensive rent. It was a very expensive rent. Yeah. So yeah. I lost all the money that I put down on that house because it never came back up. We waited years. It yeah. never came back up. And I couldn't have an empty house and I'm paying a high mortgage on and a rent here. So I had to let it go and lose it. It wasn't short sale, but it was cheap sale. Yeah. So real estate is a I wonder great how place much it's to worth start. Now. Well, it never went back up. Still never went back so up. I check it randomly every other month, mm-hmm. every two months. Never went back up. It's like... A, 20 30 40 more than i sold it for mm-hmm. but i lost a lot in mm-hmm. that but you live and you learn because i couldn't have been able to hold i wish i held my first house here from 2002 mm-hmm. because that one went up a lot and i could be renting out that one on the regular but being a mm. landlord is not e- you know no, this I, I would never be your landlord ever again no it is so because people difficult. suck people are yep. rotten and just like that woman in the theater especially when it's would, not your property especially when it's not your property like that woman in the theater where there's not a consciousness where they think uh you know i'm gonna take care of this or i'm gonna do the honorable thing yeah or i'm gonna think of how other people are feeling or what their needs are um no there's not that and in the landlord side too because we rent i don't own a home um 
because they're so expensive here and I have a kid in college, blah, blah, blah. Um, we were renting in Calabasas and um, it was a bare bones house, but it's it had a pool. Mm-hmm. That's what made it special. Um, it was expensive. And then they tried to raise my rent by $450. Mm. Not 50, not 100, 450. And it's a whole. And when I tell you it was 1,800 square feet for four people and all my shit, mm. that's small. Yeah. For one person, two people, four people, two dogs, and no, mm-hmm. and a drag queen, no mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, my, we said to them, we've been great tenants for three years. We take care of your home. We treat it like ours. And they were like, well, sorry, because our, our mortgage, whatever, went up. And it's like, you're not thinking. Right. Because you have a great tenant in that uh-huh, house. Uh-huh. And being a landlord, the hardest thing was getting a great, honorable, right. good right. tenant. Yeah. So instead, you're going to pepper Push it us on out. Students. Yes. Yeah. You know that house I was living, I was renting at Lake Hollywood. Yes, and you wanted to buy years. that. I should have. But you know, um, uh, and I told you, I went and saw it recently because I was going to rent it for to, at the studio. Oh, I didn't know you saw it. Yeah, I saw it again because when we started AJ and the Queen, I wanted to look for a place to rent. And it was available? And it was available. Shut up. Yeah, so I, I got to revisit it. I love Tom Trujillo and I, I went hated that driveway, but I love that yeah, house. Yeah, it was a fun house. And it's funny going back to it because so many. Did you get flooded with? Oh my God! So much happened in that house. Meanwhile, when I first came to LA with my baby, that's where you see. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Meanwhile, um, the uh, the landlord there never raised the rent. You know why? I pay. I was on time every single month when I rented for that place, and uh, I took care of it. I wasn't. It wasn't falling apart. No, it was in great. condition. It was in great condition, and I took care of it because I honored nice it. Pool. Oh, it was a nice pool. It was. It was. I love that house. Although going back to it, it was much smaller. Going back to it, you're yeah, like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't know it was this small. Yeah. But um, great house. Uh, so what happened when you went back? Well, it 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 um it wasn't right. It wasn't right to to rent this time. I rented something else uh, in Toluca Lake. To oh be, right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, a place that I never slept in once <laughs> right. i never slept in it once right but raven did raven slept in yeah. it and uh we ca- so we stored things in the house great so it came in handy it was handy it was a very expensive handy yeah but <laughs> you've sometimes, heard that before yes. <laughs> i was gonna say sometimes we're worth it <laughs> that's okay yeah but um you know um you know i remember in 1991 i was in rome I had gotten up early. Picture it. Picture it. I was in Rome. I gotten up early. Um, Larry T and Lahoma were asleep in the hotel. We were on tour doing something, and I our hotel was in walking distance of the Colosseum. And I remember the sun coming up, looking at the Colosseum, and it, it was at that point that I realized I had intellectually surpassed my parents. Mm. And the truth is, I had actually surpassed them years before that. But that was when I was able to accept that information. And was able to own it and process it. Um, But this, and and it's such a weird, uh, satisfying feeling, but it's also a very alone feeling because you know that in your family, in your whole history of your family, um, you're the one. You're the one who's going to turn it around. Will other people do it? Maybe. Not in my family. Well, you know, my, my uncle, I think probably we're talking maybe maybe 35 years ago, I think maybe in 1980, maybe 40 years ago, my uncle won the lottery with his and, and, and retired. Like how much lottery? I'm thinking like, I think he was in, in it with some people at work. And so I think they all split it. But I think 
it was for $61 million. Are you kidding me? And I think, I don't know this for sure, this is 40 years ago, but I think he probably walked away with $20 million or something like that. I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I've never seen him since. See it. Never heard from him again. Never heard this from him again. Uncle. It was my uncle. We weren't close, but um, uh, he was my father's brother, <clears throat> youngest brother. I don't think I don't think my father ever saw him again. Really? I mean, you know, those are the things you kind of have to detach from certain family members when something like that happens because you got to protect it because you, you know what's going to happen. It. Because the, you, we've heard the stories: people who win the lottery are broke in five years because their relationship to abundance hasn't changed. Hasn't yeah. changed. They still think like a poor person, or you know, and so that will perpetuate itself. So you know, when I talk about being in Rome and realizing. Oh, my life trajectory. Yes, that trajectory. Thing, yes, is going to be very different from my parents. You know, actually, um, when I go to New York next week, or, are you going or whenever that is? Yeah, um, I'm going to see that guy, um, finding your roots guy, the Henry Gates. Is his the name who Henry do you think Gates? You are guy yeah, or whatever. And it's not who do you think you guy are? It's the other the- one. Okay, the PBS one. Oh, you're doing it? Yes. Okay, they've already done it. They've been waiting for me because I mean, it takes a long time for them to. So they've worked up your stuff. Yes, but you're going to film it. We're going to film my part and me listening. Are you to excited? It. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm, inter- I'm interested. I'm interested because <clears throat> you know I know that you know I have a, a ancestry and history and all that kind of stuff. Um, my guess is that my story is going to be way more interesting than anyone else's oh, I think in my history. Oh, I think your story is going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, no, my, my personal story, not who the people I come from. Oh. I, I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, but, you know, is it going to be more wild than, you know, the RuPaul story in the in the West no. Village living at that apartment that you see on YouTube? Could or, be. Could be. Could be. You're, you're going back hundreds of years. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be. Could be. I, I think know. that's really, I can't wait to do that one day because I, being an adopted kid who grew up with a totally different storyline, yeah. I think it'll be amazing to know who am I. Well, see, and did we talk about my, my friend Jack who saw his, I, we did, uh, and when we were in London, we talked about my friend Jack who found his biological mother about three years ago mm-hmm. and that certain, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, idiosyncrasies or, uh, yeah. or that they had similar things that they did and they he grew up outside of them he mm-hmm. was he only met her for the first time three years ago yeah and it's all that stuff is developed in the woman is passed down generations and how that works is kind of amazing it is amazing and it is real and all of that stuff did you find that with your with biological Joanne, yeah. mother yeah especially with her there were certain things like and, what and even like the first time i spoke to her on the phone you know, we would have these moments and then I'd talk about seduction and stuff and then she'd go, um, you know, I used to dan- I would dance to that song at the bar and it was like, oh my God, you were dancing to your daughter's song and she didn't even know it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I remember the first thing I asked her when I got on the phone was, why do I have no boobs? Mm-hmm. And she's like, that would be me. Mm-hmm. And I said, who's bump on this nose? You know, she's like, that would be me. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, th- and those are physical attributes. Mm-hmm. But like, I smoked. She was a smoker. Mm-hmm. Even now, to this day, she she's not with us anymore due to her smoking. But I I talk to my sisters, my half sisters, and I say, hey, because I'm dealing with these fibroids now. Did mom have fibroids? They were like, oh yeah, mom had fibroids. She 
she would joke that her fibroids were her she called them baby f Mm -hmm. so i mean there's all these things that you find out and again these are physical traits but then um like my aunt harriet who is not biological Mm -hmm. mine i was having um from this surgery the explant surgery Mm -hmm. i was triggered with a wave of panic attacks i think i told you Mm -hmm. my body was trying to heal and it was expelling all of the drama that's been in it connected to this these foreign invaders Mm -hmm. and as i was healing i was put into hardcore panic attacks like i haven't had in the likes of 10 years Mm. and i would wake up in the middle of the night like not being able to breathe i called 911 like it it was you're kidding no, no 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 i called my doctor i said do i need to go in he's like you don't need to go I can't, I couldn't make it stop. Yeah. I'm used to making it stop. Wait, with, you mean your heart was beating really fast? and I couldn't catch my breath. My brain was like, I couldn't focus. I couldn't mm-hmm. see. That's mm-hmm. why I was getting panicky. It wasn't just my heart was beating really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so David helped. And, and the point was my aunt Harriet. texted me mm-hmm. and said, um, are you okay? I just got woken up. This is crazy. And I said, what do you mean? And this is a woman who's not blood connected mm-hmm. to me at all. She texted me and said, I just had a dream about you. And I said, what was the dream? And I was up because I had a panic attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And she said that my face was getting closer and closer to her. And I looked like worried. And my face was getting, and then like when she opened her eyes, it just like went away. Yeah. And she texted me right away and said, what happened at this time in the morning? Da, 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 and that's when I was having a panic I love attack. that. I love it. You know, I was in the shower thinking about that this morning. Not that specific thing, but I was, I was, I was <laughs> Are talking, you sure? Yeah. No, I was talking about, thinking about um, Tyler Henry, the, the Hollywood him. medium, and tr- tr- trying to get my brain to figure out what it is that literally is happening when he's reading you. And I was thinking, it has to be the fact that both my parents' vibration lives inside of me. And yeah. he's able to pick up on that vibration and interpret what that frequency is saying. And and that's why he was able to pick up uh, my father in the session said, look, I'm really sorry about how things went down. And he was able to pick up, uh, you know, what my mother would be saying to me. Because my mother, you know, one of the, th- actually the most surprising thing that he said in my session with the Hollywood medium was, uh, um, my mother goes, you still have that goddamn car? <laughs> you still have that motherfucking car? Yes. And and that is so my mother. Yeah. But what I think happened, and this is our brain. So do my, you believe in an afterlife? You know, it, I don't think. Or do you not? I think that we think of an afterlife. Energy. I think we what we think of as an afterlife comes from movies and stuff. I think trying to get our brains, which is limited in its scope and its ability to see different levels, trying to get our brains to understand what that is, is impossible. I think we can get close to understanding it. And my description of a a frequency that lives in me that is still um, um, transmitting from me, that that comes from my mother, that comes from your Aunt Harriet, how you guys are connected on a frequency. So we're able, like a telephone line, I can only do similarities because our brains want concrete, this plus this equals this. But we're not going to get that understanding, the understanding that our brain wants. So just let go of that. The closest we're ever going to come to it is an idea of frequencies and energy and how those energies communicate. And someone like Tyler Henry is able to decipher and decipher that energy. So that's why I think that my mother and father's frequency actually lives in me. I'm carrying it. Their bodies are gone. 
that energy never dies. Their bodies are gone. Their bodies are turned to dust at this point. Right. But I still carry with me a frequency that of their of their lives. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think vibrational energy. I, I don't think we're bouncing around on clouds with angel wings, for right, sure. Right. But I do believe that our energy never dies. And I do think that, um, you know, it go it does get reborn. I believe that energy can be reborn into a new physical form, whatever it is. So that's why in our lives, certain people are drawn to each other. Mm-hmm. I think like, it's not just deja vu where you go, oh, this, this has happened before, or I'm really comfortable with you, so there's something. But I feel like the energies that have been around each other before are drawn to each other before. So I think there's a reality to that. But yes, of course you have your mother and your father's energies. And I have mine, you know, my, my father, biological father's still alive. Uh, My biological mother's not, but I feel like that and Anne Harriet, who is still alive. Mm -hmm. I think we carry a bunch of different energies in different ways. If that makes sense. Yeah. Tyler's good at reading them. And I do believe that there is an afterlife because there's been too much data saying otherwise. Mm. You can't, you can't deny the paranormal no stuff. no you can't deny it you can't, I, I don't, I don't it. need to try to understand it hey we're gonna take a break real quick we'll be right back after this you know uh, george is now on the quip toothbrush uh tip i love it and he is in love with it i've been singing the praises for months now is it is it wrong of me to think of a toothbrush as being sexy no it is sexy it's sleek and sexy and great i even told my husband no just the quip <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's so modern. It's so beautiful. It's so chic. It makes brushing your teeth very sexy and very 21st century. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, even enjoyable, just like Rue was saying. For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. I just told Rue I brought my Quip to London. Yeah. It was so much easier to travel with than having to take it apart. But in the case, yeah. that big charger that has to go with it, I absolutely love my Quip. I, and what a great gift, too. I think it's such oh, it's a great a gift. I, you know, I think I'm going to give all Quips for Christmas or any type of holiday. Oh, I love that. Quip doesn't even require a clunky charger. It runs for three months on one charge. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. Why? Because three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. You didn't even know you're supposed to change your toothbrush every three months. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. That's some of the reasons why we love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dentist professionals. Quip starts now at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash rue right now, you're going to get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack at Get G-E-T Quip Q-U-I-P dot com slash Rue. Hey, Michelle, let's talk brassiers. Mm. Now, Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz yes. to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for the perfect fit and premium feel. Well, now that I don't have any more boobs, I need different bras. This is the truth. And the thing about Third Love that's fantastic is they have more sizes than any other brand. Third Love has more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. That's right. Some of us are 
an A and a half or a B and a half. Skip the trip. Find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder order and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences and a 100% fit guarantee. They'll give you 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find the perfect fit. I absolutely love this. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. For comfort and quality, hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. Straps that won't slip and tagless labels, no itching. Lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They mold to your shape and and all of this stuff belongs to Third Love. They're proprietary to Third Love. The newest member to the Third Love family is their line of incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable cotton bras. They know, Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering What's the Tea listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash RuPaul now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. I absolutely adore mine. That's third love, spell out third, thirdlove.com slash RuPaul, 15% off today. So I finally saw the favorite. Well, I, I saw it on the plane. I saw it on the plane too, which is where I usually see everything. Right, same. I yeah. was looking. You for, saw it just this last time we flew. Yes, just this last time. Yeah. So I was looking for. I went three days before you to London, and I saw it on that flight. Yes. Oh, going over there. Um, I saw it on the way home. You saw it on the way home. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I wasn't interested in seeing it. Like, just when the movies came out, I was like, eh, whatever. You know, yeah. some of them you're like, oh, I want to see that mm-hmm. one. I want to see that mm-hmm. one. And I put that on um, just because it was time. It was time. Know? And it was there. And um, I, I haven't loved a movie that much in a very long time. Agreed 100%. And I know it was shot chaotically like the way they did it. Oh, I speak, I speak that language. Sa- same. It was just such a joy. I li- it was such a joy. And especially after all the stuff we see where everything is dumbed down for a broad audience. I think the people who make movies, they want to get the most people in those seats. So they dumb everything down. Now, this was not for everyone. No. Thank God. But it was for the Academy because Olivia Coleman she won the trophy. Oscar. Yeah, she snatched that trophy and she deserved it. Although I thought, uh, I thought Rachel Weisz uh, should have really gotten something. I thought even the other one. She was nominated. She was nominated. And Emma Stone was also nominated. They were all fabulous in it. And I understand why. Uh, Glenn Close, fabulous. It's her turn. But you know, with these award shows, we've said this a million times. Um when you're going to choose and you put your vote in, a lot of times it's for the people you like. I know. It's for your friends. I know. You know, does, I, you know I, I've told you how much I hate the word deserve. I hate the word deserve. I hate how the word deserve is used in a sentence. Oh, she deserved that. It's like, uh, well, they all deserved it. Everybody deserves yeah. it. Yeah, but. Everybody that, put, that puts in the hard work and the hard yards deserves it and they sure. all the, the deserve thing came out in the nominations those the yeah. ones that were deserved um did it but i just olivia coleman's performance was phenomenal and you know i've been with glenn close and the wife that that movie changed my i've always loved glenn close mm-hmm. from broadway and such but mm-hmm. that that movie for me was so simple and so it was a master i love i loved it i loved it um I loved it. It was fantastic. So I thought she was going to win, and I wanted her I to I thought win. she was going to win, too. Um, did you see her in the revival? I just remember that uh, George and I walked out of the Sunset Boulevard on What's Broadway that? with her in it. She was amazing in Sunset Boulevard. She's amazing in it. Uh, I have a husband who 
has no patience for any of that. Yeah, but Actually, and you know what? This production, I've seen, I saw Diahan Caro in Toronto right. do it. Right. And it was fabulous. This production, it was a different type of production, the one that we saw several years ago on Broadway. It was, was it pared down? I, I think. I saw it like two years ago on Broadway. Yes. I, we saw the same movie. I with, loved with it. With Glenn Close. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm not debating whether oh, okay. or not it was good or not. I'm just saying. It was a different production. It was a different production and uh, we were actually falling asleep. Are you kidding Mm-mm. me? Nope. Falling asleep in it. Oh my God. I love yeah. That. I, 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 I saw in 96, I saw Diahan Carroll. Her name is Diane Carroll. Right. I just call her Diahan because <laughs> it's fun. Because it's spelled with an H. Yeah. And what, you, you know, Lady Bunny told me, you know that story. What? Lady Bunny... Uh, went to school with all black kids. And so when she first heard of Diane Carroll, she learned her name as Diahan because oh, all the black it. kids at we'll her school her- in Tennessee called her Diahan. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think I told that story to Diane Carroll. I knew once. that you always called her Diahan, but I never knew why. I, 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 I it's think a Lady Bunny story. It's a Lady Bunny story. Lady Bunyan. I, I think I told that story to Diane Carroll, and she was not amused as I was. <laughs> Oh my God, bless her soul. Not amused by Dia Han. Well, Glenn Close won the Tony for it, so... She won the Tony for something two years ago? In the 95. Oh, in 95, yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure was the same It's No, production. it's a different production, Michelle. Did you see the original? The the one that I saw with Dia Han no, Carroll... with Glenn. ...was a, 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 a copy, a carbon copy oh. of the Glenn Close original. The one they did a couple of years ago, I think it was more than a couple of years ago. No, I don't think it, I think it was a couple of years ago. They did a different style. It was a pared down version. It was different. It was different. Really? Yes, it was. It was a different version. So, yeah, we walked out. But she, she, oh God, I love her in everything. She's brilliant. Oh, she is so fucking brilliant and can do anything. Like, I don't ever did doubt her. About- Dangerous Liaison is one of my favorite movies, too. In the paper today, in the New York Times, they were talking about this John Cameron Mitchell podcast mm-hmm. with Patti LuPone, mm-hmm. Glenn Close. It's a musical podcast. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, I wonder if our weird. producer has... I uh, remember uh, that idea that I had a few years ago to do a musical podcast. Look at that. Well, we did one. No, I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> well, jo- yes, John, we well, did. Glenn Close is in that. It's in, it's, I can't, it's called... It's oh, got it's, like one name. Like It's this. called Homogenagajagandaga. It's called Homogenarius. No, it's not the call. He's looking it up right now. Yes. Homunculus. Say that again. Homunculus. Yes. Now say that fast three times. Homunculus. Yeah, I can't say that. Yes, you can. Homunculus. There you go. You just said it. Hom- homunculus. Homunculus. Well, Glenn Close and Patty Lapone are in this podcast. Meanwhile, on the plane, I watched Mur- Muriel's wedding again. Uh huh. I'm watching Muriel's wedding. I haven't seen that in a while. It's it's, it's been, a brilliant. It's it been a while since I saw it. Yeah. The girl Rachel Griffiths. Uh-huh. So I'm saying it right? From Six Feet Under? No, from... She may have been in that, but she was in Brothers and Sisters. Yes. She plays the friend who, who ends up in a wheelchair. The redhead. No. Rachel Griffiths. Rachel Griffiths... No, she had brunette, isn't she? Brunette, yeah. yeah. Australian girl? Yeah, I think she was in Six Feet Under or Pushing I, Daisies or one of them. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, looking at the movie, she looks exactly like John Cameron Mitchell. Rachel Griffiths? Yes, why is that new? I can never get Griffin or Griffiths. It's one hundred percent. That's an issue. It's an issue. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, six feet under. Let me see. Meanwhile, she looks exactly like John 
Cameron Mitchell. Of course, you people out there know John Cameron Mitchell from uh, uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Right. And uh, actually, um, they were playing Head of the Class on TV. Um, oh, my God. I used to love Head of the Class. That was one of my favorites. Well, he, he was on that show. John Cameron Mitchell? Yeah. He was on the show. That? He played a character on that show. Like a regular character? Yeah. Yeah, he was on that show. Oh, my God. Actually, I ran into him. Why, on the, why wouldn't I know that? I ran into him on the street uh, a couple, last year or something like, uh-huh. and asked him about it. He said, yeah, that was one of my first jobs. Um, I used to love that. You know, when I was on the train, I'm jumping all over. Uh, I was on the tube uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I turned around, and right behind me is um, uh, Duncan, um, Duncan Black. Chic. No. Uh, um, Donuts. No, come on, Michelle. Um, the screenwriter who run who won the Oscar for Milk, um, Duncan Black. Wait a minute. Oh, Lance. Yes. 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 Black. Lance. Lance Black. Black. Lance, Lance. something. We're missing a name. Yes. Is it Lance Ian? No, Lance, no. Lance Black. Lance Shane Black. No, with a D. You're right. Shane Lance. No. Yeah. No. But Go isn't ahead. that weird? Where you just you're on the train and you turn around. Oh, hey. Someone that you know. Dustin, Dustin Lance Black. Yes, Thank yes. You. How weird is that? And did you say hi? Of course, yeah. We're okay. like, oh my God, what are you yeah. Just like, so random. Yeah, it, but that's, I often talk about how it's a small world, but this, you know, we're in LA or we're in New York. These are huge cities yeah. with gazillions of people living on top of each other. And then you go out anywhere and you'll see this person, that person. Yeah. Like Lola told me that um, her piano teacher her husband, piano teacher's husband, is one of the camera people on Drag Race. Okay, let's back up. Lola's piano teacher told her she her said, husband, "She said my husband, my husband works on Drag Race with your as mother as a camera person." Yeah. Huh. I wonder who that is. I don't know. So she's going to find out and tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was on the I, once. I got on the train in New York, and I got on, and the person standing right in front of me had on a RuPaul T-shirt. Oh my God. Just, what do you do when that happens? I, I hugged him. Oh, did you? I hugged him and said, hi, baby. Oh, How so are you? Cool. I love that. Of course, it was a bootleg t-shirt. I didn't make one dime off of that t-shirt. <laughs> it was a bootleg t-shirt. Well, thank you, Red Bubble. Uh, whoever it is. The, all those places. Okay, so head of the class, just so I didn't feel like a fake fan. Yeah. Because I've seen probably every episode. Um, he, he was in a few. Oh, he's in he a wasn't few like a regular. Yeah. He was like, episodes, that'll be the day. Okay. On two episodes. Oh, two episodes? Yeah. Because you know who else was on there? Uh, Tank Girl. Lori Petty. Yes. Yes. And, of course, the regular cast yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many did Lori Petty do? Let me look. Okay. All right. But it's so random, the train like that. I also ran into um, someone else on the train, on the tube, just like that. Of, well, that happens all the time. Yeah. Where, especially in New York, you run into people. It's like, oh, what are you doing here? What are uh-huh. you doing here? And that's usually the opportune moment that I go, hey, do you want to be a judge in RuPaul's Drag Race? Uh-huh. Because that's a great icebreaker for me, honestly, because a lot of times they don't know me. I'm a fan, and it's my way to go Girl, in. Girl, you have everybody's phone number. It yeah, is I do. crazy. I, do. I don't ask for people's phone numbers. I don't, by the way, I don't ask for them because that would be creepy. Uh-huh. 100% I'll say to the person, who do you want me to contact? Agent, whatever. And they'll go, just yeah. take my number, text me. Yeah. It, it's, a tr- it's a cone of trust. Right. But um, head of the class, back to that. Dan, I think that was Dan Schneider, the actor. Do you remember oh, yeah, him? uh-huh, yeah. He has written and executive produced some of the biggest shows on Nickelodeon. 
he has had a hell of a career. Wow. Because he went on to do everything. That's brilliant. Yeah, on Nickelodeon. Like well, every show under the sun. Well, that's like, what you want to do. You want to, you don't have to be in front of the camera. You have to go on, if you want longe- longevity. Uh, yes, production show, Schneider's Bakery. So he did What I Like About You for the WB, All That, The Amanda Show, Drake and Josh. As an executive producer. Uh-huh. And um, writer. Why do you keep touching your nose like that? Because it feels like something's there. Oh, like, you have a pimple coming out? It feels up? like it. Uh. So I want to take it out. Uh. My na- you know, my nails, I want to claw it out. Yeah. Zoe 101, iCarly, Victorious. It's going too fast. Okay, I got it. Zoe 101, Victorious. Drake and Josh. Oh, all the shows. The Amanda Show. He has executive produced them. And created. Ah. All him. Well, Unbelievable. I, I want to do that. You know, um, I ran into Elizabeth Banks uh at uh, Warner Brothers, her. what you know? Talk about the players in this town who have parlayed an acting career into producing, writing, directing. She's directing the new Charlie's Angels. Is she? Yeah, it's coming out like uh, this summer. Do we need another one? I think so. You mean um, wait, TV show or movie? Movie, movie. So the is, TV is, show is it was with Drew and Lucy Liu. And oh, all? child, they're no, they're too old now. Okay. Uh, no tea, no shade. No, but, I don't think it's, it's the franchise, you know. It's like, you know, Superman, so they change him every... So do we know who the new angels are? I don't. Yeah. We do? We do? Yeah. Oh, who tell us. The, our producer's going to tell us. Who are they? Because I didn't know that. You didn't know? No. But I told her when I ran to her, I said, bitch, you are running this town. I says, bravo. And I like the way that she doesn't have to just be in front of the camera. Yeah. She's... And then I she's doing those realty.com, realtor.com yeah. commercials. Oh, she's making bank on those. Well, she's making bank, but it's like... She's, she's making Elizabeth Kristen Banks. Kristen Stewart, Naomi oh. Scott, and Ella Bolinska. Kristen okay. Stewart. Okay, Kristen Stewart. I know her. Who's Ella Scott? Is that what you said? Ella Scott. No, Naomi Scott. Naomi Scott. I don't know her. And then Ella Bolinska. Ella Bolinska. I'm looking her up. I don't know. Ella Bolinska. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is... Um, you gotta oh, know. Oh, she's beautiful. Ella Bullins. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, you gotta know how to work this town. You have to know what your timing is, and you have to keep several plates spinning as you go and along. And you also have to know that your time is limited. It, it, as an actress, in front of the camera, very few have been able to trans to to transcend the whole for the curse of turning forty. Yeah, because most women are hired to be. Uh, arm candies to some man yeah so to be able to parlay that and i love how uh, what's her name cameron diaz sort of walked away from it she'll come back eventually i don't I'm know sure. if she will but i think she's more like i'm good i made my money yeah. i want to live my life and be normal i have a husband mm-hmm. you know i don't know at this point if she's going to have kids her call whatever they want to do or yeah. not do um i kind of dig that she was able to be like i'm going to take my money and run well i think i told you about that story in the new york times about meg ryan uh walking away from it she's coming back with the project now but she um uh, she's like you know I, I i've had enough. She, she she mentioned that she had was tired of learning someone else's dialogue she wanted to her own natural dialogue uh-huh. for a change don't blame her most of the time you know that five months i was doing that show I'm learning dialogue yeah. the whole time. Every my whole life consisted of trying to memorize dialogue. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what I did. Yeah, for five months every day. Yes, correct. <laughs> and you know, because I talked to Leah about this endlessly, and you know, she was the one who was telling me. As now you know that you'll be ready to do scene, you're blocked and everything, and then the writers come and they go, "Oh, we changed five yeah. pages." Yeah. 
So yeah. it's all different now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. But like I said, what happens is by that time, your brain has built this muscle to where I'm able to handle those changes and I can remember it. Also, I, I know rhythmically what the character is about. So if they change a few words, I know how the character speaks. Right. So True. Yeah. And if you look at it as a conversation and you start, that's what, what I've done where it makes sense because naturally... It's only when the things that are unnatural that can really fuck you up. But mm. naturally, if this is the way a conversation progresses, yeah. it makes sense for me to say that. But then there's the things like in the musical where I'd be in the middle of a song and have to say something random that makes no sense. Yeah. That's where you can get kind of screwed up. But yeah, yeah, Well, what would screw me up in the end were words like and and well. And but. And but. Yeah. Where I'm like, wait a minute. Or where it says the exact same thing twice or three times. And I go, wait a minute, was that? And it's just slightly changed. A phrase, right? It's it's said three times in a chunk or on a page, and I don't can't remember the difference between the first time, the second time, or the third time. Or doing um, business, what they call like picking up a cup and drinking from it, or using a phone, or having to make a sandwich while doing dialogue. Where I'm like, oh wait a minute, okay, how is that? And how having to match it for continuity? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird, and that's why continuity things are fun to watch, where you go, oh, she, her hair. Uh, my favorite thing is the hair, uh-huh. where it's totally different. It's like, nope, yep, she came in a week later to shoot that. Yeah, you yeah. You can totally tell. But Elizabeth Banks, bringing you full circle, is a badass. She's a badass. And right. I love her. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, let's talk style. Yes. Some of us have it, some don't. And Oof. just because your sense of style seems elusive for some doesn't mean it's impossible to attain. And there's no time like the present to discover that style is in your hands if yep. you want it. Yep. All you got to do is go to Stitch Fix. That's right. And Stitch Fix, actually, producer Alex is wearing a sweater that he got from it Stitch Fix today. It looks really good on and you, actually. it's very, very nice. Yeah, and it's good, great for your skin tone. And what I like about it is it looks inside out. It's kind of like the style that it is, unless you're actually wearing it inside out. But it looks really, really cool. I love that. Well, Stitch Fix has fixed our producer, Alan. <laughs> and what's your name? Alan! Alex! Alex! Stitch Fix has reinvented how we find and buy clothes. Just answer some basic questions about... About your size, favorite <laughs> styles, and budget, right from your laptop, your smartphone, or your tablet. Your personal stylist then jumps into action, hand selecting five brand new clothing items just for you. I know you're sitting there going, "Girl, personal stylist, you sound bougie ass," but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's it sounds like something that only the rich and famous can can afford, but we can too. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only twenty bucks, which is actually waived if you keep all of the five items. And since your personal stylist only uses your preferences that you chose at the beginning, you're still in complete control. So once your items arrive, you try them on and only pay for what you keep. Don't like something? Need another size? Just send the items back. No questions asked. And guess what? Shipping is always free both ways. Get your fix whenever you want or sign up to receive scheduled shipments. The choice is yours. We love Stitch Fix and we know you will too. Hurry to stitchfix.com slash to get started now. Keep all five items in your box and you get 25% off your entire purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash stitchfix.com slash ru. No, we were just talking about our grade school teachers, how they influenced our fashion sense. Miss Garfield was my second grade teacher, and she wore, um, oh God, Natasha calls them, you know the shoes I have from Pat Fields that have the wooden sole, and then the little bitty cha-cha. Um, oh, like the candies? Yeah, but they're, but they're called something else. Natasha calls them something else. They're, um, 
Um, anyway, um, I call I've called them Cha Cha heels, but right, that's the divine. I mean, uh, do, do you, John Waters. Yeah, but do you know the shoes I have that are wooden? They're wooden. Yeah, Pat Fields. I used to get them at Pat Fields yeah, all the time. Those Betsy Johnson does yeah. them too. Well, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Garfield, she wore those. And she wore they're kind of hookery to wear. They're to very hookery, yeah. and she had to have been probably, probably fifty six. Do you have any left? I have two pairs still. Oh, I, I have uh, probably fifteen. Oh, pair. you still have them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but Miss Garfield, she had to have been in her mid fifties because she was. That's even more fabulous. Yeah, and she wore. She was like, she, like you described your teacher. She was very fancy. Like, um, she wore like. Um, Anklets or like a charm bracelet. Uh-huh. I and love a charm bracelet. I remember her in tweed suits. Well, we were, let me just clue the audience. Mini like dress suits, yeah. You guys don't know that we were talking about this when the mic was off, which is why we turned the mic on. I was talking about, Rue was talking about, we were talking, okay, Rue was talking about his 1976 Corvette. And we were talking about, I the, want one. Right, the year 1976. And I said it's the bicentennial. And I remember that because I was in first grade. And my teacher was Miss Kennington. And Miss Kennington was my favorite teacher. She had a really tight Afro perm. Uh-huh. It wasn't her real hair because that was big in those days. Was she black? Nope, white. Uh-huh. But my mother had that perm too, like uh-huh. that really tight Afro perm. Yeah. Um, but she would wear long skirts to school every day. Like flouncy pippy? N- yes, but sometimes more so than not the quilty kind. Huh. Do you remember those? Like the Butterick pa- pattern yes. with the quilty fabric? I do, I do. And she would wear those to skirt to school. And I always wanted to go to the mall in my own. I had like one dress up outfit like that. And I had the platforms that were wide all the way through, not like a heel, but a, ch- a platform yes. that were made of wood. And mine had a mushroom burnout stamped on the side of it. So it'd be like, you know, like it, with wood, if you take a hot thing and. Yeah, yeah, brand it. Yeah. So it was, there, was a, there was a mushroom, and I would scream. I would throw fits because my mother said, you can't wear a long skirt to the mall. And I'd say, why? Yeah, yeah. We're going to the children's place, Michelle. You can't just go into that store wearing a skirt. I was like, I didn't understand why I couldn't. And Miss Kennington would have a velvet choker on. Oh, I love that. Well, that's a, that's a little, that's like 73. And this was 76, not uh-huh. too long after. Yeah. And I lived in South Plainfield, New Jersey, where people did not have money. Yeah. So maybe she recycled from 1973. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but we're, that's how we got to talking about teachers influencing fashion. Fashion. Sense. Well, that and of course the Soul Train dancers. Yes. You know, I don't think Miss Kennington were going to come to school in a gold pair of hot pants. But wouldn't that be hot? It would be the hottest thing. Yeah. Ever. I t- I've said I didn't. I didn't learn nothing in school. I learned nothing. What do you mean? In school. Only I learned from television. I learned. Um, but um, I don't remember one thing I learned in school. From the day I went to school, I was just tr- plotting how I could get out of here. I think you learned more. I don't think so. I don't think so, Michelle. I've said for years, you know, my 10th grade teacher, uh, you know, when I flunked the 10th grade, told me, um, you know, RuPaul, don't take life too effing seriously. Right. But that was it. I don't That's remember. all you learned was That's a quote. All I Skirts learned. like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I you see know, that. They yeah. look kind of quilty. They're yes. not. They're a little stiffer than flouncy. Yeah, but I don't. I don't, I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. It'd be interesting to see what I'd be like in school now, like with a good teacher, with someone who I was interested in, with a subject that I was interested in. Well, I feel like you would be a whole different you. I've often. Um, I even got my credits. What I did in college to see because it's a musical theater college. I wanted to see how many credits would transfer over to get. 
a proper bachelor's degree so I can continue in. Is that like transferring uh, pesos into dollars? Almost. Yeah, uh-huh. almost. Very close. Yeah. Um, 16 credits transferred, which is fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I got right. So you're um, right, babes. You're right. right, babes. You're right, babes. Fuck all, uh-huh. because I really want to get a degree in holistic nutrition, and I absolutely. Oh, today you do? Yeah, you want? You I want- did this when I was in Florida. I was looking to further my education. You want to further your education? Yeah, I'm a smart cookie. Wait a minute. You don't know everything you need to know right now? I do, but I'd like to know more and have an accredit accreditation. Yeah. Accredited college thing that says you see you is smart uh, well why don't you get some online um well i was going to do that but only 16 credits transferred so that's the problem <laughs> i have to finish up my degree for a real degree yeah. not just a musical theater degree so i can get my sciences in blah, 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 blah. yeah so maybe eventually i do it but you know my ass gonna happen because i'm a little busy mm-hmm. like you i would have to do one credit at a, at a time so by mm-hmm. the time i'm 65 mm-hmm. i can treat people <laughs> but until then <laughs> Yeah. Or you could do it and you know, you could do it off the books. You know, you could just say, um, That's read what a few I do books. Now. <laughs> Why do you have to be accredited and shit? Accredited, a- a- accredited. <laughs> I mean, it's just something that I really love. So I thought, let me help people. I mean, it's just fantasizing about having the time to go and study something that you enjoy. You know, um, I would. I, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, that's what I mean. When you have a different attitude, like, like my daughter who's in school and is having to do stuff that she does not want to do, she's fighting it every step of the way. Oh, that's no good. No, because she doesn't. It want makes to. it worse. I know, but there are things that they have to do to get their degree, and she's she's not understanding that. She's like, I don't understand why I have to study these things when I have no interest in it. So yeah. that's just kind of the lay of the land. But with with me having a degree already, and then changing it you know doing what i want to do i feel like I'll, I'll have to do classes in the sciences that i don't want to do just to get so i can move on to nutrition oh that's a waste of time correct um yeah uh, thank you that's yeah. my whole point so no. guess what i'm just gonna stay dumb yeah and practice off the books yeah. <laughs> well you know my story i flunked the 10th grade and did you th- fail it or did you drop out i dropped out in the 11th grade I flunked the 10th grade. Because you never went? You didn't well, try? Well, yes, because the first time I you went outside to- Outside smoking? All of the above. Okay. The first time I went to the 10th grade, I never went to classes, okay? Okay, well, you just answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> or you answered my question. The second time I went to the 10th grade, um, I barely went to class. <laughs> right. And then by the time I hit the 11th grade, I had had what? Enough. It. I'd had enough, it. and I'd had it. I'd had it. So I dropped out. And then uh, uh, when I turned 19, I took the GED. That's right. Yeah. And um, that was it. That was the end of the road for me. Yeah. Well, you didn't need it, obviously. No, everything I learned, I learned from television. Steve Jobs famously dropped out of Reed College, where Lily is attending now. Yeah. That's their claim to fame. Well, but you know, there are how many Steve Jobs are there? Listen, there's a million people out there that are brilliant and will do great without school. Mm. But... Having an education, and listen to me, children, all the children that are listening, having an education can only enhance what you have. It can only enhance what you have. Yes. And I do feel insecure about certain things. Like, you know, I don't, you know, I've, all the 
sort of important words I know I've learned from uh, reading books or from hearing other people say them. Yeah. So when I start to say a word certain times, I'm like, wait a minute, is that right? Mm. Is that the right way you say that? Or, you know. Yeah, but you have, we can have fun with it. Like when I, when I make fun of you all the time. Yes. It, but we can have fun with it and that's fine because that, that's the way the world, but guess what? That's how you learn. That is how you learn. Yeah. Although <clears throat> sometimes I'll see some people in an interview and I go, wow, they're so smart. Yeah. They really pull it together. But, um, um, you know, I, I, I've always read books, you know. No, you're a big reader. Yes. Because reading is what? Fundamental. Thank you. And so you get a lot from that. I And I agree. And I love big words and I love the English language and I love to be able to flippantly throw them around mm-hmm. glibly. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been many times where I watch interviews and when they, when they seem superior, mm-hmm. um, in a sense that you can't even understand what they're right, saying, right. then it's just... Superfluous. Yeah, it's like that woman. Who is that woman? Oh, I can't remember her name. She's a professor, and she goes on. She's 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 talked about Madonna. This is years ago. I can't remember her name, but she um she sounds very Liz smart. Smith. No, uh, she sounds very smart, but I can't understand a word she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's no point. I love the highly educated. I yeah. think it's fantastic. And if you want to go through that, and you want to, but if I'm having to ask you every fifth word what that means. Then you need to dumb it down. Yeah, a no, no, bit. it's not even dumbing it down. It's making it more personal. I want to actually. I want to be able to feel people. I want to get a sense of them. There are people I'm around. I told Randy this the other day. Whenever I speak with Randy Barbado, I feel really smart, and it's because <laughs> I do. It's because I don't, and I know that I don't have to impress him. So I don't. That's that's off the table. Yeah. So I could just just Feed. let it out. Yeah. And the things that come out are like I hear them and I go, wow. That was profound. I don't know how you ever think that you aren't smart. You know, education... It's not, no, I know I'm smart. I'm okay. not sorry. I just, I don't have the vocabulary that someone who... Rue, none of us do. Honestly, mm-hmm. even even the ones with the big words, you're scratching the surface yeah. of the language. There are so many... There, I have, obviously, the dictionary app. You have it or you, it takes up a lot of space, so a lot of people don't have it. Mm. There's a word of the day. You try to use that word two times to own it. But even, let's use the word redact, because it's very mm-hmm. personal now with the president uh, mm-hmm. Um, and the Mueller report, Mueller mm-hmm. reports, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, David, my husband is a writer, and so he's very prolific with yeah. the words. And he said redact recently, and I go, that's not even a fucking word. He's like, yes, Michelle, it's a word. And I was like, looking it up. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a word that we should use a little bit more. But point is, you either love language or you don't. And you love language. Yeah. You have a fucking Yiddish book i do if you did that with english i think you'd surprise yourself and push yourself to use the words that you didn't use before and and not that you'll feel smarter but i just feel like you know the movie her is a perfect example Mm -hmm. we use this much of our brain yeah and i'm holding up my fingers in yeah if we had the power to push our brains even further we would be unstoppable meanwhile you know i listen to that soundtrack all the time Oh, do you? I do. I love soundtracks. Um, in fact, um, earlier today I was listening to the Atomic Blonde's a good one. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the Social Network uh, soundtrack by um, Atticus um, Atticus. What's his name? And uh, um, I liked. I actually liked. And Trent Reznor. Yes, I liked that movie. Oh, what's his name? Atticus. What? Yeah, and Trent Reznor. Uh, I I love their soundtracks, and I was also. Is that what he's doing now, Trent Reznor? Atticus Ross. Ross. I also uh, listened to their um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo soundtrack a lot. Just sort of, a lot of times when I'm on the computer and I want to be listening to music that's not too too obtrusive, I will play that 
and then uh, just have it on in the background. I like the, I think the last movie soundtrack that I bought. Well, Atomic Blonde I bought, but I love the Twilight first movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, I, I don't buy them often, but mm-hmm. when I watch the movie and the Pose, Pose soundtrack for mm-hmm. season one is really good too. But those are, that's nostalgia. Yeah. Do me. you, you, you uh, are on Spotify or you actually? I buy them. You buy them. Yeah, I don't stream music because I'm a watcher. I'm not a yeah. listener. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and again, when I listen, I listen to musicals and I have them all on here and I have Sirius XM, so I just listen mm, to mm, on Broadway. People. But ironically, and we talked about this with her and we talked about this before, her music choices is 30s, 40s, and right. 50s. So, yeah. And Portuguese soul music called Fado, which, you know, mm-hmm. she's obsessed with Fado. So she gets it all on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, before we uh, wrap it, I just want to say, you know, whenever I go to London, I always make it a point to uh, go to the Child of the Iago. Yeah, child, a Child of the Iago. I'm looking at some of the boxes now. There's a box over there I haven't Which is a millinery. Yet. It's a hat. No, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's... I know it's a designer, but... Yeah, they, they sell everything. Oh, I uh, thought they were just... No, no, hair. I get... Oh, I get, I get all well, those, they have gorgeous jackets too, don't yes, they? Yes, yeah. George just got um, uh, this great... Looks like a... A French military 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 coat, and uh, I got a couple of hats this last time, and a couple of jackets. But I always go there. It's on. It's at. It's I think it's sixty Charing Charing Cross Charing Cross, Charing Cross Road. Is it sixty? Um, um, but a child of the Yago. I mean, it's easy. Child of the Yago, and of course, it is Vivian Westwood's son store uh-huh. so you'll go in there and if you're a fan of vivian westwood you'll go oh wait a minute this is all vivian westwood so the stuff. design aesthetic is obviously from mama but there's a rumor that actually mama is designing this stuff and that are the um, prices as much as mama's no no they're not as much they're 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 not um they're not cheap but uh it's not uh the price of mamas. So all those hats I was wearing a couple of seasons ago on yes, Drag Race, those all are all from Child of the Iago. Child of the Iago. And do, can you buy stuff online too? Probably. It's a, a childoftheiago.com. I'm looking at the box right now. It's on the side of the box. They are not a sponsor. Nope. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Vivian Westwood and that aesthetic. I love Vivian Westwood. Yeah. It's just hard to fit it Yeah. Um, for women. Yeah. You know, obviously she makes incredible men's suits. Well, I went to Vivian Westwood. I just got two new suits from Vivian Westwood in there. I'm going to take them to my tailor. In London? In London, yeah. yeah. Over on, um, on what is it? Sa- no, New Bond? It's it's between New Bond and um, uh, Savile Row. It's at the end of Savile Row, uh-huh. whatever street that intersects with them, with that. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know. Which I don't, I'll say the wrong thing, then I'll get yeah. yelled at. But yeah, for sure. Um, I got two suits and I got a belt at Vivian, and then uh, a couple of things. I'm there. scrolling this here because I found an incredible designer um, in London, and it, it's not coming up, so we'll have to do it on a different thingy. Because there's no way to find who you just followed on Instagram. I followed them, and and I found them because I'd always pass them this designer in the car driving to the set, and it's the most gorgeous overcoats i've ever seen they Wait, let me get this right stunning. so you followed someone on instagram i followed them on instagram this designer and i'm just having a hard time because i can't remember it's a man's name and i can't remember what his name and was. you saw their coats i saw this the shop and i kept passing by going this is really gorgeous mm. just gorgeous coats and um i just started following them and i was going to give them Give everybody, you know, somebody to yeah. look at them and they just can't find right. it. So I know so we'll get back on that. Yeah. So I go <clears throat> Charlotte Iago and then of course I go um 
uh, I go New Bond Street, which is something I just discovered. New Bond Street is Rodeo Drive of London. Yes, it's just not as <clears throat> it's not as big. It's quite small, New Bond. Well, yeah, it's about. I mean, it's big enough. It's about. It was several blocks. It's several blocks. Yeah, I guess I just think. Well, I guess Rodeo is not that huge. No, either. no, and. I always go to Jeffrey West Shoes, which is um, in a Piccadilly. Um, Piccadilly Circus. No, no, no. It's 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 a, oh Piccadilly Arcade. Did you go to Carnaby Street? No, not this time. Okay. In January we did though. It's just the the shopping. You know, people say, oh, but the food. The food's incredible in London now. Because for years it was not good. It was not good for years. Although, you know, we went and had, I told you at the time, we had fish and chips and my body, having not been used to oh, eating grease for a while, my body, it took, it didn't digest until the next day. Like, it didn't go process because it was so oily. I was going to say, to be fair, that stuff can just sit in you. It sat in sit me. Sit in you. And it's not good. And Even I haven't been eating it. that for a long time. Of course. And your body was in shock. It was yeah. like, oh, bitch, no. Yeah. But it's yummy. Well, yeah, it was very good. It was very good. Really, really yummy. But whatever. I can't wait to go back. Um, yeah. Jeffrey West. Oh, my God. The shoes. What so, kind of shoes? Um, you've seen me wear Which them. Which ones? They're yeah, men's sure shoes. They're men's shoes. No women's? No. And um, they're... Kind of rock and roll. Um, let me see. Do I have any right here? Uh, no, they're all being shipped over. Gorgeous. But I have, I have some. I have lots here. I've. I've I'm so not what you're say saying is you got a lot done. When I you got were over a there lot. Shopping. A That's lot great. done. Listen, you work hard. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. You're allowed to spoil yourself. I just got to figure course, out. Go to Primark. Well, no, I just got to figure out where I'm going to wear this stuff. I, you know, the truth is I wear it on TV, but I need to go out more. But then I... No, you dress up every day. I do, but that's to go to work. But I don't know. I just feel like I should be wearing more clothes out there. And um, I... You wear a lot. Yeah. But you see me at work. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. But still at the same time. I don't know. I just think that I should be getting out more. Okay. Then get out more. (laughs) We went to go see Michelle Obama. You got out that night. Yeah. Because remember at one point we were like, should we not, should we just leave and not go? And we went, the after party ended up being one Right, of we the were most, not going to go to the after party. Yep. And it ended up being one of the most fun things we it did. It was very, very fun. So fun. All right, so we're going to say goodbye now. Okay, um, baby. That was fun. It was. This has been <laughs> really, really fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and I got these two rings. Did you see the rings? You saw the rings. I, I saw got. the rings, but where'd you, McQueen? Yes. I yeah. told you. We were sitting there, and I said, "Oh my god, I almost bought this McQueen ring in Sausages, Selfridges." That's where I got them in Selfridges. Yeah. Well, you probably bought the one that didn't fit me, the black one with the gold skull. Yes, exactly. It didn't fit me. I put it on this, and it was falling off. I said, yeah, "You have yeah. a smaller size," yeah. and she said, "No." That's the one I got. I wanted it desperately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought, let me go to the freestanding, you know, the shop. Uh huh. And I just never made it, but yeah. I guess I can order it online. It just didn't. It's just too big. Yeah, I, I went. Yeah, I got a white. I got. I went to the shop, and I got a shirt. And I got a pair of pants. I got something else from there. I can't remember what it oh, was. Just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. All right. Well, until next time, Michelle. Okay, kiddo. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you're going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you're gonna love somebody else? Hey, hey, man.